Hey folks, it's your pal Mike Shea from SlyFlourish.com and Twitter.com slash SlyFlourish here with another episode of Sly Flourish's Lazy DM Prep. This is a weekly show shot 10 a.m. Eastern ten- Standard Times. I didn't have any of my images right. Uh, shot 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Sundays in which I go through steps from Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master over there uh, while preparing for my Eberron game. For my D- Ooh, Eberron. Look at that. E-B-E-R-R-R-R-O-N. That's not right. Let's fix that real quick here. Uh, done. And, oh, we're going to have to fix it over here, too. Let's just go over here and copy that. And go in here. Delete Eberron. There's only one E. One R. Fast typing. There we go. Better. Since I'm monkeying around, I might as well fix that, too. All right. 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Times on Sundays in which I prepare for my Sunday D&D game using Steps from Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master. This show is brought to you by the Sly Flourish patrons at patreon.com slash slyflourish. If you want to help out with shows like this and help out with the website and help out with all the other bits of infrastructure that it takes to keep the Sly Flourish empire going, you can do so by supporting Sly Flourish on Patreon. Patrons of Sly Flourish get access to a monthly newsletter uh, in which I go uh, through a summary of all of the different stuff that's come out on Sly Flourish and also any other big thoughts that I have, uh, as well as access to an adventure that is only available there called Regnum Rattus, the Rats in the Cellar. Uh, This is a uh, one-to-five intro adventure in which the characters visit an old friend who is running an inn and find out why the rats in his cellar are going crazier and crazier and uh, explore the depths of the tunnels and caverns and catacombs beneath and discover there's quite a bit more than rats going on down there. It's a fun adventure, uh, and I, uh, yeah, it's got a professional map and all kinds of great stuff. So you can get access to that by being a uh, a backer of Sly Flourish on Patreon.com. So, Eberron. Yeah, so yesterday I ran an Avernus game. That was a lot of fun. We did did well. They got through the, um, uh, they got through the Cult of the Dead, Dungeon of the Dead 3, and uh, last week in my Eberron game, they finished exploring uh, and dealing with the vaults of Lido Skull. So Lido Skull is a gold ring member of the Orem who is, uh, has vaults and has financed many expeditions to uh, – look at my crazy hair uh, – to – Explore Zendrek and find powerful items from Zendrek, including a huge dragon shard, a huge Eberron dragon shard that could be used to create a very powerful weapon. And uh, the various people are worried that that is going to happen. So the characters have been uh, our, our, our patron in this circumstance. Uh, is uh, House Therask and the Finders Guild, and they want to try to get a hold of this stuff before any evil people do. Not because it's necessarily the best thing to do in the world, but because it's better to be where the puck is going to be than in where it was before. So they are uh, in the process of recovering a bunch of artifacts. So they found out a bunch about Leto's Skull. They rescued a imprisoned mimic spy named Simon. Thank you for thank you to the chat for Simon the Mimic. Um, and then they returned to their home base, which is a fine little uh, – uh, they, they, they have sort of a coffee shop. I think they uh, a couple of assassins that came after them have now turned into baristas at the coffee shop, as happens in D&D games. And uh, where is the uh, – where are the locations? There we go. The name of the place is the Cafe Obscura. 
And uh, so they went back there and they laid out all of the different things that they had discovered and said, where do we want to go next? And we, I dropped a few different potential areas that they could go, including uh, going to Tower 6 of Morgrave University to acquire the Tome of Kulsir, uh, going and talking to an agent of the Dask, which I don't think was brought to them. So I think that uh, it's time for me to introduce the Dask to them. Uh, recover the insignia of the Claws from the Fallen Temple of Balinor. And investigate the Northern Wind, a ship that brought back the Dragon Shard from, from Zendrek and is sitting uh, abandoned in the docks so they could discover more about what happened in Zendrek. So they have a few more uh, potential options uh, to go. I, I dropped these options in front of them except for the meeting the agent of the Cogs. And um, they... Um, uh, they decided, so yeah, I had one player who was certainly interested in visiting the Fallen Temple of Balinor. It was his, you know, he was like really, as soon as he heard there was a Temple of Balinor, he wanted to go to the Temple of Balinor. So I said, well, we'll make that an option and I'll go wire it up. And I did. And so he chose that and everyone else said, yeah, sure. So uh, they are headed to the Temple of Balinor uh, to recover the Insignia of Claws, a, a, an artifact that was carried by the, held by the Temple of Balinor. So uh, that is today's session. Uh, however, I think that the strong start is going to be meeting a uh, probably a shifter from uh, from the desk. Um, and um, I can't remember this. Did this group? kill all the manticores or did one of them get away i think one of the manticores got away uh so I, maybe she'll come riding in on a manticore and leave it like in front of their street and everybody kind of leaves it alone because they know that she is tied to the desk that would be that kind of good sort of you know organized crime sort of thing so we have a young girl uh, did they, let's see. I don't think they've met one already. It might be kind of neat to tie uh, the young girl to um, one of the characters. So let's take a look. Let's start with our characters. Uh, switch to notes. Thank you. I forgot. I'm sorry. You're just going to sit there and stare at the lazy DM screen. So um, uh, good morning, everybody, by the way. Hello, mom. He's not your problem. Everybody, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for coming today. So um, let's start with the characters. So the characters are Arwen Z, uh, Zizu, a scribing gnome artificer. Father was a famous hero. Uh, has a dodecahedron from her father in Zendrak. That is definitely going to be important. I think that the, I think the artifact that uh, she is holding is, needs to be a prime device of the story. Uh, I think that that would be very cool. Um, and I think, let's see, she's, uh, House Civis. So uh, yeah, I think that that will be cool. That I, I, have, I have a secret already. So let's grab a secret right off of that, which is the dodecahedron around Z's neck uh, contains the compass that can take characters to the lab in the morning. So I, I think that's sort of a, a final 
and I gotta I gotta spice it up a bit. But there's going to be a location inside the morning that's going to be like the final big dungeon place. And part of it is like a Kenneth laboratory, but I think maybe it's like a Kenneth laboratory that's been touched by um, Kyber, right? So it's got like weird, you know, it's going to be a mixture of like artificer technology and strange alien stuff from Kyber. Um, I'm just thinking of this off the top of my head, but, uh, so I want to build like a big sort of, you know, almost like a, uh, uh, tomb of the nine gods style mega dungeon that they kind of get into in their final days, uh, when, when they're deep in the morning and that'll be high level, you know, maybe medium, you know, tier end of tier two level, uh, dungeon. And I think that its location is very well hidden, but that Z's father um, yeah, father knows where it is and had a compass made that actually it's one of the only things that do. And I think the, um, uh, the Emerald Claw knows that Z has this. Um, uh, a Sith Wayfinder. Yeah, exactly. Like a Sith Wayfinder. You know, it's a good thing that Ray happened to be standing in exactly the right spot on the ground when she held that dagger up and was able to see the outline of the crashed Death Star to see that that was where she needed to go. Because if she was like 40 feet off in either direction, it wouldn't have lined up. If she was too far back, it wouldn't have lined up. You have to be standing in the right spot, right? And I think even Goonies, which had that exact same thing, had a certain spot you had to stand in to be able to see the They thought it through. Right, but I think in Goonies they were they had to stand in a certain spot, and 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 in Ray she's like in the middle of a big open field and she's like, hey look, my dagger lines up at the Death Star. It's like, what? Ugh, sad. So uh, I kind of like that movie, and I don't know. I think yeah, the Force works in mysterious ways. Sure, the Force has you stand in the right spot at the right time. If the Force had a mysterious way, she wouldn't need a dagger. She'd just know it. Right? She'd just feel it over there. Hell, she her simulacrum was over there too with a crazy switchblade lightsaber. So anyway, um, so the Emerald Claw knows Z has this. The Emerald Claw is aware of this. They've they've received information, um, and they're trying to get. But they know that it can't just be. If they got it, they'd never be able to open it. So the Emerald Claw is trying to get the word. Um. To open the to, to open Z's dodecahedron. Okay, so we got some secrets about the dodecahedron going on there. Um, uh, Z is an artificer, uh, House Civis, um, and we have Shift, who is played by Juliet, a warforged warlock, Pact of the Undying, human experiment with life extending uh, extension and expansion from House Kenneth. Uh, got replacement organs, um, you know, fully replacement organs. I don't think I need to have all that. Uh, trying to find her humanity is alive but doesn't know why. Still meets with House Kenneth reps um, and is missing 24 hours of her life uh, and doesn't know why. Uh, I don't need to have the outfits anymore. I kept the outfits because they were at a dinner party, but we don't need to keep the outfits anymore. Uh, 
We have Saber, played by Brian, uh, who's a long-tooth shifter monk and bounty hunter. Uh, really is interested in the Temple of Balinor. And I think... Uh, uh, we're gonna we're gonna expand upon uh, Saber's background and information today. Uh, and today's adventure is gonna be mostly there. We have Shane Husk, a hobgoblin uh, wizard, crime novelist, sage, wrote a best-selling book about the Mornland and wants to see if they can do it again. Uh, previously served with the heirs of uh, Dakan as a military strategist and historian. Answers this about in the Great War. Uh, retired early to a career and is looking to write the next best novel. See if he can make lightning strike again. Uh, we have Banner, played by Joe, a Warforged paladin uh, who's following the Becoming God. I definitely want to have more ties to this. I think this is going to have a bigger background in uh, the morning. Um, you know, sort of two different factions of Warforged. You have your Lord of Blades on one side, and you have the Warforged, the Becoming God, in the other. So, um, so um, we have, uh, what else? Searching for cover for the components of the Godhead. We have uh, Zarin Tyr, a Tempest Storm Cleric, Mark of the Storm, Independent Scion, uh, Wandslinger from House Lorandar, uh, Apprentice uh, Windright after managing to bend an airship and, uh, during talking uh, and was given over to, you know, kind of told, hey, go off on your own for a while and disappear. Uh, so they disappeared. So those are the characters. So which one of these characters has the closest tie to the Dask. Um, Saber might. Uh, Juliet or uh, Shift, probably not. Z, probably not. Banner, probably not. Shane Husk, maybe. Uh, and I don't know about Zarantir, but perhaps. Um, uh, perhaps the Shifter from Dask is a fan of Shane Husk um, and has like her copy of the book and you know so who is this shifter it is a um, let's go to the right thing here why isn't there we go don't need that anymore uh, go to links and names think and what do we need names? Um, Fane Duskhair. Um, Duskhair is kind of weird, isn't it? Dusk Chaser. Lion Hair. I like something hair. Um, Uh, oh, Tristana, gold, gold house. Tristana's a good name. So we're going to go with Tristana. Um, emerald hair. A, um, so what, actually, before I just go running, grabbing random names, what do they, I often have names. Uh, this is a changeling. What do changelings name themselves? Um, changeling may use different names for each mask. That's right. Uh, fluid gen relationship with gender. Uh, but I like the single, so Triss. Um, and probably just Triss, right? 
uh, uh, changing ambassador of Dask, messenger of Cavella, uh, and fan of um, Shane. And uh, she uh, likes to she she wants to come so so the strong start uh, is that she comes riding in meet uh, Tris fan of Shane Husk comes riding in on a Manticore. Is there another? Um, a Chimera would be pretty badass, wouldn't it? Sort of a show of force. Um, uh, comes riding in in a Chimera and then walks in and uh, delivers a message that says that uh, you saved a friend of mine, Simon, and uh, my employer would like to meet with you uh, down in the cogs. And it won't be easy. And um, uh, let's see, that's a pretty big entrance to have to come in like you know if you're like a sly person you probably wouldn't come in on a what if she oh i like it better that that she's a little um how about instead of comes riding in on a chimera she comes in with two invisible stalkers right they're invisible stalkers are nasty so they're like her bodyguards, right? So she's kind of walking around the streets, but she has bodyguards. And the bodyguards are invisible stalkers. Um, and the characters will know that they're there. And it's like she's not worried about them. But, you know, you never know when things are in the street are going to go bad. And all the people, they're like, holy cow, that's Triss. Like, you know, so, the, so Triss is known to um, the brigands that now work for the characters as their baristas. Uh so there are multiple many tribes seeking power. Um, oh, somebody had a good idea. What if she has an aberrant dragon mark and summons the stalkers with the, mo- the mark? That's a great idea. Thank you, Snark Knight. Um, So, yeah. And Invisible Stalkers, their challenge rating is pretty high, I think. And they're just bad. Invisible Stalkers are so... They're, you know, a, a trick with the Invisible Stalker is that they are not liked by characters, by players. Uh, and for a couple of reasons. They're really... They have a, you know, they're really hard to deal with. And they have a lot of immunities. They have resistance to non-magical weapons. They have 100 hit points. Now they're CR six, right? That's crazy powerful, like CR six. Um, and she could she be a warlock? Maybe we'll make her a warlock, right? And she's got warlock powers, so she's not a you know she's not anything wimpy either. Um, 
Maybe she just has one of these bodyguards. Like two would be a lot. You know, two CR6s. That's that's a lot of challenge level right there. That's 24 characters levels, character levels worth of, of uh, monster just with these two. Um, so probably has one invisible stalker. We'll just make it a little bit more realistic. Um, but yeah, the idea that she has a dragon mark, uh, and that dragon mark probably has multiple powers too. It can make like, it's all about shifting invisibility and spy stuff, which is why she's so good at her job. And so it probably allows her to do greater invis and fairy fire and stuff like that. Um, kind of warlocks do we have here? Uh, we have Warlock of the Arch Fae. That's probably not so bad. That probably is a good one for this. Yeah, that looks about right. Yeah, Warlock of the Arch Fae. That's her, you know, yeah. 11th level spellcaster. She's pretty powerful. Um, yeah. So uh, we have that intro. Multiple factions within the Dask. So what are there any other secrets they might learn about the Dask from there? Um, they could learn that she's an aberrant, uh, aberrant dragon, dragon marked. could learn that so i don't need a bunch of secrets just on that on that beginning but um yeah so she's going to come in and she's going to invite the party to meet with cavella in two days um And um, gives a rough map, but tells him that's not going to be easy. So, yeah, now we've got another faction that we're introducing. Um, another slice, which is the Dask. Uh, that offers up some, some things. So scenes, we have um, meet with Triss, head to Fallen. Um, Uh, I think I have an interesting idea for an NPC. So I think that the um, the followers of Set, Soul, the followers of Soul, uh, lay prost- prostrate in front of the characters. Um. They've met these guys before, but now I think Soul has learned that the um, so who's Soul? Soul is a fallen. What do they call him? A fallen idol. Um, it's called a radiant idol. Uh, radiant idol who lives in fallen, 
Uh, a radiant idol is uh, an angel that was banished from the celestial realm and is now down on the material plane. And uh, he has a, so there's one of these called soul and there's a bunch of people in fallen who worship soul as a God uh, and they're cannibals. And they went after the characters the first time the characters came through and they saw soul on the, on the side. But I think soul saw them too and realized that I think soul is like watching the stream of the draconic prophecy fly by. Right. And, and maybe even has like a connection to it. Uh, maybe they they broke the stream, which is why they were fallen. Um, but uh, um, I think that Soul sees them and sees that there's like you know there's a destiny there, and so the followers of Soul are starting to learn that they're sort of these, you know, th- they have a destiny too. Um, so I think that will be a cool um, little you know, visit along the way. Um, so they had the fallen, uh, the followers, they prostrate, they go to the, uh, they go to the fallen temple of Balinor. Um, the Emerald Claw has been using the Fallen Temple of Balinor as a conduit to... Um, I cheated a little bit. I, I read some Eberron stuff this morning in preparation, but um, I had some thoughts and ideas, and so I just did a little bit of homework. To uh, one of the planes, and that plane, I think Mabar is the... The Endless Night swallows even the brightest day, most undead anime power. So they... Uh, as a conduit to Mabar. Um, uh, the Temple of Balinor once had a portal, or a conduit, not really a portal, to, because they have these, what do they call them? Manifest zones, right? Um, to the Twilight Forest. Um... Yeah, to Lamania, Lamania. Um, so there's like this nature, druids, animals, lycanthropies, they're all home, the twilight forest. Um, Um, so, um, yeah, the, the temple sort of had this conduit that, that, that came in here and, um, the Emerald Claw twisted it and, and broke it, uh, and turned it into a portal, a, a, a conduit to, um, to Mabar. And they're using it to to kind of draw to to build undead, and they've probably sent a bunch of undead. They have a bunch of undead that they've they've energy that they've already used, and it isn't the only conduit. There's probably another one. Um, so that way, there's you know, there's some other. Um, that way, so there's some other options there. 
So, uh, what other what other secrets could come from here? Oh, so I already have that the Emerald Claw knows Z has the thing. Um, the Emerald Claw is trying to get the word to open Z's dodecahedron so that they can find it. The Emerald Claw uh, plans to steal the uh, Eberron. Uh, they plan to steal the Eberron Dragon Shard. They want it. And they also um, you see also plans to find the Book of Calls here. So they want the, the Emerald Claw's plan is to build a weapon as powerful as a weapon in the morning. In order to do so, they need three things. They need the Book of Kulsir, which is the Book of Destruction. Um, they need the uh, Eberron Dragon Shard, which they believe is held by Leto Skull, and that's true. And they need the location of the... Um, I need a name for this place. Uh, man, names suck. Uh, but I think for homework, I'm going to come up with a good name, but they, they want to find the, the lab, you know, the, 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 the claw rift or whatever. Um, the place in, uh, the morning where house Kenneth, um, built the first or somebody, maybe it was house Kenneth, maybe not. Um, and they, um, uh, they, uh, what so they want to find the they want to want to find the laboratory when they have the laboratory the shard and the book they think that they can conduct a ritual or they think they'll get enough priests together to conduct a ritual to build a a hugely powerful weapon um and the the ec probably um The Emerald Claw also believes the drum are likely seeking such a power and may have access to a different shard. Um, would have an official name, I, you know, would have an official name or a secret name? Probably. Uh, but, I, you know, I just want a cool name. You know, if we're going to have like an end game dungeon, you know, like Claw Spire or I don't know, something like that. Um, some some cool name. Um that you know, may you know that we can drop on the players now, so they realize like, oh, that's our end game dungeon, right? That's where we're gonna have to go. We're gonna have to find it. We're gonna have to get there. We're gonna have to you know destroy it or take it down or whatever. So we'll see. Um, is there anything other other bits of this particular dungeon? that we have in mind. Um, I don't know. We'll come back. We have enough secrets for now. So fantastic locations. I already have uh, information about um, Fallen. I can do a, a quick one. So Fallen uh, has, um, you know, massive statue heads, uh, crumbling uh, temples, and what else? Um, impaled half-eaten corpses. That's pretty nice and dark. Um, The temple itself uh, So what is the entrance that is is 
that they discovered. Uh, it's sort of in the back of the temple. Um, uh, so, like, what if it's like, you know, almost like tree roots that broke through? Uh, dead thorned vine. So like there was wildlife in here um, or not. Well, yeah. Wild sort of, you know, wild growth in here, but the wild growth is now all dead after it was turned into Mabar. Um, in fact, a, a, an undead shambling mound would be pretty cool. Uh, dead thorn vines. Uh, what other kind of uh, bestial statues? And, um, shifter corpses um so that's the general gist of um you know kind of main attributes to keep in mind that i can keep in mind when i'm sort of describing this place uh then we have the map for the ruined temple let's move this up um now let's take a look. I think I already opened this up. I think it was it was on my screen when I started. There it is. So uh, what would the entrance to this place, what, what kind of entrance sh should it have been? Well, people notice. So the problem is like they're breaking in from a different side. I was going to use this map and I like it a lot, but um, uh But the front, I already mentioned that the front door of the place had collapsed and that they couldn't get in that way and that there was another way in. Um, and I could drop another way in and here. I could have something from like the south side there uh, where they came in. Um, or I could look for a different map. Let's look at other maps real quick here. And let's see what we find. Hey, I've used that one a bunch. I already used that one. Uh, that one's, yeah. I was going to use that one for the crypts. Oh, I also don't want it to be very big because I really don't want him to spend more than like a day on this. Um, this isn't so bad. And it looks like there's a couple of different ways in. Let's take a look at this. Um... So let's see. Uh, we've got those cool standing stones. Maybe that's where the portal is, is in that upper right chamber. That's also where the claw, maybe the claw is there. Uh, the emerald claw. So the front entrance could be this on the left, but they could have actually broken in from the south. Uh, you could have all this oozy stuff that came in here. Like, the, you know, the whole place is sort of flooded. That That ruin kind of works. Maybe back in here in the upper left is where the gate is. Um, and that's what they have to close. Uh, the claw is kept in the upper right. And um, that, that might be pretty cool. Yeah, I think this is going to work. We're going to use this guy uh, instead. Um, whoops. So... Uh, let me copy this, copy image. 
And let me go into my uh, Google Docs and we'll go into my slides. And I have a Sunday D&D here. And I'm gonna make a new insert. Uh, how do you add a new slide? Uh, new slide. And we get rid of that. And we paste in all the paste. Copy. Come on, work. I don't know. We'll do that later. So normally I'll be able to paste it in. I think sometimes these maps are so big that they don't they don't fit. Um, but I'll I'll whip up. I'll stick the map in there, and that way I can put tokens in there. Uh, but I've got a map, and that's good. So what else? I don't need any other. Uh, I don't need any other stuff here. My cat desperately wants to get inside. cats so um i think we're all set there with locations npcs i'm pretty good oh there's one other npc i want to do so i have tris but i want to have a former member of soul who has escaped um and this poor chap uh whose name is um uh what are we gonna name him Mirtho. Um, Mirtho the Marked. And Mirtho uh, has part of the Draconic Prophecy um, has part of the Draconic he's, he's crazy, right? He's, he's, he's off kilter. And he has part of the Draconic Prophecy tattooed on his back and chest. Uh, but uh, half of it has been taken, and he has new skin where half of it had been taken off. Uh, but if all of it's taken, he'll die. And he escaped into the temple, but now is trapped there. Um, uh, and soul wants the rest of it, but it'll kill him to do it. So he ran and he escaped in the temple and so far no one has been able to find him. So I think he will be a fun NPC that the characters can interact with inside of this and can, they can learn more about, you know, there's like bits of the draconic prophecy that, that can act as a, um, uh, that can act um, you know, act as a vehicle for secrets and clues. What are you doing, kitty? Stop it. Come here, you. Come here. Why do you scratch into the wall? Oh. Um, so that will work. Uh, yeah, so I think NPC-wise, I'm all set there. Uh, so monsters, we have uh, Null Witherlings, Psychic Gray Oozes, uh, Minotaur Skeletons, and I think we're going to have an Undead, um, 
uh, an undead shambling mound, uh, and probably some mercenaries of, um, or I guess we'll have a cult fanatic of, um, maybe a priest. I'll do a priest. Uh, priest of the Emerald Claw. Um, and probably a couple of Emerald Claw mercenaries. But mostly undead. Maybe it'll just be the priest and the undead. Um, a couple of whites. Oh, maybe a, a ghoul assassin. That'd be a fun one. Because uh, I think we're going to have ghoul assassins are going to be one of the weapons of the Emerald Claw. Uh, Lead of Skull's Vault is kind of done. Tower 6 of Morgrave. I'll keep that around, but I probably don't need it right now. So uh, let's see. What are people saying in chat here? Uh, I haven't been paying any attention to chat. For uh, Shifter and uh, British Officer Fanboy from the Third Man. Uh, Aberrant Dragonmark was awesome. It's like a stone golem you can't see. Yeah, Radiant Idol. Uh, they can hear you. Uh, what did it have an official name? With a clock at the cafe, does it go backward when it's midnight or when it's midnight in the world? I don't know. They made that up, so I'll let the characters decide. Kenneth Advanced Technologies. Hmm. It's like North Central Prositronics from uh, the, the Dark Tower series. Played D&D for 40 years. I uh, have basics down. I kind of understand what's going on, but can someone tell me, what am I watching? Um, yeah. Thank you for coming. And uh, probably your best bet about uh, seeing how all this works is to look at other videos on YouTube where I go through I go through this. But basically, you're watching me prepping for a game. That's a short. And then you're watching me prepping for a game by using steps from the book Return of the Lazy Dungeon Master. And uh, there's all sorts of links to that below, including videos where I go through it. Uh, other people are helping out. Uh, cheers, thanks. Uh, take some time to catch up and grasp it all. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just going through. I'm I'm running an Eberron game today, and I'm going through my preparation for how to uh, uh, get that game ready. And I like to do it online with my friends and talk to people and get ideas. Um, so it works out. Man, my head keeps getting lower and lower and lower. I gotta sit up in my chair. Maybe move the camera down just just a touch. There we go. So now you can see my mic though. I can um yeah so i think we're set there i've got uh so let's yeah so i have an article coming out on monday about using monster templates so i think in this case this sh we're gonna we're gonna make an undead shambling mound uh because i think that's pretty cool uh shambling mounds i think they're a little bit uh no cr5 is pretty tough 136 multi-attacks Two slam attacks if both hits, they grapple. The slam attacks are for a lot. Uh, is there a particular type of undead? I guess a zombie? Uh, so let's take a look at zombies. Um, so really, the one feature uh, that the shambling mound would get from a zombie... They get the undead trait, obviously. Uh, turn undead might work on them, I guess. But in this place, because of the negative energy, they're gonna it would have advantage on its save. Uh, and I think it has undead fortitude, right? So I ba we're basically gonna give the shambling mound 
um, undead fortitude on top of its other abilities and the fact that it is a undead plant. Um, I think that that will be, and it's guarding the claw, right? So like the claw is inside, like it, it is sort of wrapped itself around the claw. They can feel it in there and, and it will just, you know, beat up, beat up people and engulf people. Um, it's challenge five and they are fourth level now. Um, five fourth level characters is 20, 20 quartered is, uh, five. So that's exactly on par with their, um, Maybe the Shambling Mound vomits out zombies. Uh, it could have, we could throw some, this is, could be where the psychic oozes are. That might be kind of cool. I think we're okay, though. Um, I really need to turn this plugin off. Uh, remove from Chrome. And did that, that work now if I reload? Yeah, look at that. I got a nice clean stat block. I had uh, Beyond 20 going, but I don't really use Beyond 20. Yeah, so um, I think that'd be cool. Uh, Undead Shambling Mound with zombie traits. And uh, so I'm set there. Uh, so this other little odds and ends that I have my have my notes are I have my Avray command for setting up an initiative, a one-line initiative macro. That works really well. That way I can roll initiative for the entire group all at once. And so far nobody's really complained. And boy, it's fast. It's It's real quick to roll initiative for a group. Uh, this way and then immediately get into it. And then I have my one-dimensional text-based combat markdown map. Um, and this, so I could do, for example, uh, I could set up a few, this is almost like the equivalent of setting tokens out on a map. If we go look at the map, um, this one's really a basic one. There's the shambling mound and the, the standing stones. Uh, so I don't have to worry about that. Uh, here at the portal um, might be a couple of different locations. I guess I'm not really going to worry about it too much on setting this out. I think where they come in, uh, the gray oozes will be both west and north. Um, I don't know what would be at that central altar right in the center. That might be an interesting place to put something. Maybe another another uh, another magic item. And how did the Emerald Claw get in, right? Uh, I suppose that maybe they have another entrance, maybe that, that one to the north. So the characters come in from the south. The Emerald Claw came in from the north. The Emerald Claw has basically been focused on the portal over in the west. Um, so that would be a couple of, uh, yeah, that will, that will work out. Um, but an, an altar to Balinor, and maybe the altar has been... Um, or, yeah, another altar to Balinor, and maybe there's some other artifacts there. But when the Emerald Claw have come in and taken it. So, I don't know. I'll have to think about that. Um, yeah, so I've, let's see, I don't really need this. Anymore. This is an example of, like, the, the battle where you have the, the docks and the disc and, and this sort of stuff. Uh, and fighting the rug. Uh, they're just like a quick way to show like who's in what area. This really works well as like a zone, a zone system. So, uh, oh, thank you for the subscription. Wow. Gifting was when you subscription first gift to the channel. Appreciate that. I don't know how that subscriptions work and how the gifts work, but thank you for that. That's very cool. 
yeah, okay, so let's add one more interesting location. So it's an altar to Balinor, right? So maybe, um, and I, oh, so this is, yeah, this is something we could definitely tie closely uh, to, um, oh, maybe the, the, the dragon marked guy is hanging out here. He's hiding in here. And um, so I'm not, he's, he's not going to have, I don't think the weapon is in here. This isn't, maybe this, no, is this where the claw was sitting on that altar? Uh, no, I think that the claw is better off in that crypt and that there's like the five different, you know, five different types, like druids and monks and everything that kind of hung out in that upper, they were buried in that upper hidden area and that's where the claw is and now it's been corrupted by the um you know it's been corrupted by the necrotic energy that's been going out there so i think of the altar is there a way to tie into the other characters can that altar can i can i somehow uh use something from the other characters here um nothing's jumping right out at me uh so it's one of these things where, like, you, you can put logic and reason into it, but sometimes people don't care. So, like, if you have an altar and maybe that's where more more psychic oozes are or or whatever, and there's an artifact on the altar. So the artifact could be a emerald claw artifact that was left there to kind of, you know, hold the energy down. And that could be sort of a powerful single-use uh, magic item. So let's 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 try that. Um, where's my location? So I got Fallen Temple Balinor, and we have uh, and on the altar. Uh, negative energy is flowing through the altar. And there's a, uh, a powerful item. So let's go to our relic generator here. Uh, relics. And I like to do it by level range. And then I like to go about halfway down because we want to cast something that's, you want a spell that's higher than they are. They're fourth. So uh, a dwarven cup that casts mass healing word, for example, is a good one. I think I want a, a more dangerous one. Um, Uh, conjure elementals, wall of fire. This, you know, I want, I think I want one that does like a necrotic spell. Uh, now I've done circle of death before. I, you know, finger of death isn't so bad. Uh, it's a power that, you know, so you're given a seventh level spell. Um, what are some good necrotic spells we can use? Let's go to spells, uh, game rules, spells, uh, wizard spells. They have by school. Uh, show advanced filters. Uh, where do I go to spells by school? I guess you can just go to search, right? Um, spells. I thought there was a advanced search. Ugh. I need a list of necrotic spells. Must be a spell school. 
necromancy filter. And we will go the other direction. We will go ninth down. So we probably want a, so blight. Ah, so blight would be great, right? I mean, that makes perfect sense. Fourth level spell, um, creature of your choice, con save, 88 or failed or half. If you target a plant creature or a magical plant, uh, it makes a saving throw a disadvantage and the spell deals maximum damage to it. So maybe they could use this against the shambling mound. So I think that, that would that that's a pretty cool one. So then what's the relic itself? Uh a gothic skull, pristine gothic skull. Um so it could be like this obsidian you know, obsidian skull uh sitting on the um on the altar. So our pristine uh yeah. Gothic skull. Uh, with a glyph on its forehead. Uh, and its mouth is open and like liquid is pouring out of its mouth over the altar. That's gross, right? And it will stop when you lift it off of it. And then one who uses it can um, cast blight uh, once. Single-use magic items are a really nice reward. You can, there's an, almost an infinite variety of effects you can do with them, and they don't overpower the game because they can only be used once. So uh, the you know players dig them. They they feel like a magic item. Um, they they don't feel as good as a real real magic item, but they definitely feel pretty good. And um, uh, I've I've beat the crap out of this group with black pudding, so it, it makes sense. You know, you could have that like the the, the area around our is is a black pudding. Um, but boy, they're so used to fighting black puddings. Um, but eh, maybe it's a black pudding. Yeah. So, like, the liquid that's pouring out is, like, a you know, it's created this black pudding over the altar. That might be pretty good. Um, uh, the most memorable one was when they went into uh, Troll Skull Manor in, um, uh, in, in Waterdeep Dragon Heist. And they were clearing it out from all the ghostly stuff. And the guy, one of them was a noble. And he's like, I get the nice bedroom with the bathroom that's inside. And then he went to the bathroom and he looked in the toilet and a black pudding reached out of the toilet and pulled him in. And they all freaked out and, and it was really nasty. Um, so we always joke that like, there's never a toilet in any dungeon that isn't filled with a black pudding or an Otiug. Um, so that'll be fun. Um, what else? Uh, and the crazy guy in the corner, he's like <laughs> pointing at them. Uh, that could be a good time too. So, yeah. So I think, you know, this is going to be a nice straightforward one today. I don't think we're going to have any any problems with it. Um, I just want to make sure that I, you know, one of the options. So, so this is something I need to think more about uh, in the campaign overall. Uh Maybe we'll do a little bit of it right now. Instead of just sitting and staring at the ceiling and talking about it, let's do something about it. So we have like adventure options, right? What are big pieces of the adventure? So like I'm running my own campaign, which means I can do whatever the hell I want. 
And I want to have the campaign driven from the characters, right? So, um, uh, so for example, uh, Z, uh, wants to find the word from her father, uh, to open the dodecahedron, which leads to claw rift. Um, is claw rift a thing? Yeah, Claw Rift is a deep uh, center of the city. What is Claw Rift? Oh. I don't think anybody remembers that. Does anybody remember that there's a thing called Claw Rift in, the, in Menzo Branson? It's kind of unfortunate. Claw Spire? I think we're going to call it Claw Spire. That's a cool name, except you have the Emerald Claw. Um, okay, so that is one. Uh, shift is um, Uh, the secret for shift is that her life was given to her by Lady Elmero of the Emerald Claw. Um, so they know her. Uh, and she may have to face So there's some adventure options there. Uh, Saber, we're doing his right now. Uh, but he was... Um, I think the gods in, Eber in, in Eberron have a have a, um, a light touch. Um, a light touch with the characters. Um But we'll have like maybe his background is he's more connected to um, the draconic prophecy. So the big thing with Shane Husk is that lots of people know or don't know his books. Um, but maybe he has clues uh, in his in his books uh, that help him uh, that help him in the group find. Uh, Find Clawspire. I'm calling it Clawspire now. I don't know if I'm going to keep that name. Uh, Banner. We definitely want to have a... Meet the Godforged. Um... They, they meet the... Um... So uh, Banner's going to meet the Warforged, the Godforged, which are the uh, followers of the Becoming God. And uh, in the morning, uh, get involved between 
and there could be a, some fun uh, connections between the Godforge and the Lord of Blades. Zarentir. Um, is born at Stormholm. Uh, I don't know Stormholm. Island city, seat of House Larendir, and Queen uh, Aluria allows the house free reign in governing the isle. Finest resort and vacation spot. Um, hmm. I don't know. I need. I need. I need more here. Uh, I'm not allowed to leave until I get at least one adventure hook. So there could be about a House Larendir airship. Um. Come on. So he could have like his father show up and um, kind of get involved and maybe, you know, maybe acquires a house Larandir airship. Um, So what if uh, father is an Orum Silver Ringer uh, who disapproves of Zarentir's um, uh, and believes that they should uh, work with Lido Skull. And the father has an airship called the Goldbright. Um, and maybe they can steal it. Yeah, so I want to tie some adventures directly to the backgrounds of the characters, and that's what I'm trying to do here is add little adventure options for each character so that you know these can be plays, ways to kind of tie them closer in. So um, just seeds, right? I'm just dropping some seeds in, get them into my brain, you know, review them when I'm reviewing the characters, see if anything else comes out, and then as the game, when I think about the game I'm about to run, I say, can I drop one of these seeds in or... You know, can I use this to sort of shift the direction the game takes? I think that would be, I think that would be great. Um, so Grant Ellis, hey Grant, how are you? Um, check me out, I'm a Warforged Paladin. Oh no, Joe Banner's here. Leave. 
Um, uh, Alice Party 4, thank you for subscribing. So I think uh, that is it for today. I think I am all set. Uh, I have a nice dungeon. I have some stuff. I'm going to put the map in, in the, the view and then put some tokens on it, and then I'll be all set. So, uh, yeah. So I want to thank everybody for coming today once again. Uh, Grant is tired. Uh, just finished my word goals for the day. Finish your word goals. It's not even – it's 11 o'clock. Um, have a great day. Uh, enjoy, and uh, hopefully you have a chance to uh, hop online and play some D&D with some friends. So give it a, give it a shot. And I will see all of you guys again next week. Uh, Have a great day.